Thank you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. Good morning, church. Good to see you. Welcome to those who are visiting for the first time. Or if you feel like you're a visitor, we're glad that you're here. I know that anytime we make the choice to align ourselves with God, uh, we will not be disappointed. So we're glad that you're here already. Um, I just sense the Spirit of God at work. Van, thank you for that word earlier. Um, this was our Every Nation president, Pastor Steve Murrell, and I think he hit the nail on the head when he said, our week of prayer, fasting, and consecration is going to influence the rest of the 51 weeks in 2020. And we're looking forward to experiencing God as we continue to trust him and to seek him. Sound good? If you would, open your Bibles to Romans chapter 5. We'll be looking at just six verses today in Romans chapter 5, beginning in verse 15. This past May of 2019, there was a very special event that is worth mentioning. It happened in Atlanta, Georgia, at a college called Morehouse. Anybody ever heard of Morehouse College in Atlanta? Okay, one. <laughs> oh, a couple more? Okay, very good. It was the commencement ceremony for the graduating class. And their speaker was billionaire Robert Smith. And during his commencement speech, he committed himself to paying off the student loan debts of every graduate in the ceremony. You should have been there to see the reaction. Amazing. Imagine what you would have felt like if you were sitting there with your cap and gown and you knew that you had borrowed tens of thousands of dollars in order to get your degree. There were 400 students in the graduating class. To pay off the entire debt of the class of 2019 was in the hundreds of millions of dollars. Could you imagine the students who graduated a semester late? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> Why did I do that? This man is worth $5 billion. And so he had the ability to do this. What a great gospel illustration. We all have a debt that we are unable to pay even through an entire lifetime's worth of work. If the gospel doesn't get you excited in the same way that these students at Morehouse College were excited, then you don't understand the depth of the gospel. You don't understand the debt we owe because of sin. In order for someone else to pay it off, you need two things. Number one, they need to be willing, and number two, they need to be able. And billionaire Robert Smith fit that category. How do you respond 
when someone pays a debt to a degree that you don't deserve, how do we respond? Today, we begin a series entitled Amazing Grace. And throughout this series, I want us to consider one question. What will we do with the amazing grace that God has shown? Many times, we can use words that are familiar, and yet we may not fully understand what they mean. And grace is one of those words. We understand grace, perhaps, as that thing we do before we sit down to have a meal. Or maybe we get in trouble and we're hoping somebody's going to cut us a break. But what does the Apostle Paul mean when he uses this phrase, this term, grace, in, Ephesians, in uh, Romans chapter 5? Grace is that which is given freely and generously. And to better understand grace and the nature of this generous gift, Paul uses two stories as the backdrop in this text. The story of Adam in Genesis chapter 3 and the story of Christ dying on the cross. In Genesis 3, we see the story of the fall. The serpent, he tempts Eve into disobeying God's command and she ate the forbidden fruit. She later gives to Adam and he ate as well and the effect of sin is felt immediately. The relationship between God and us, his creation, is broken. When they fell into sin, all humanity fell with them. We all inherited that propensity to sin. We have all not only been affected by Adam's sin, we've also been infected by Adam's sin. We know this because we follow in the pattern of Adam when we live lives of disobedience to God. Paul makes several contrasts between Adam and Jesus. This contrast is found in Romans chapter 5, beginning in verse 15. Before we read it, let's pray. Father, we present ourselves before you today. We place ourselves under you and under your word. Your word says that no one else really knows what we think. Only we know. In the same way, no one knows what you think. Only you know. And something amazing has happened most of us have received your spirit and therefore we can know what you think. We have you with us. You have done this so that we might know the things freely given to us. And so I pray today that your spirit will reveal to each one of us your amazing gift, our amazing inheritance through Jesus. I pray that we will know by experience this amazing grace. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Are you ready for the word? Okay, Romans chapter 5, beginning in verse 15. 
But there is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. I underlined great difference. A great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. Verse 16, and the result of God's gracious gift is, again, very different from the result of that one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift leads to our being made right with God. Get this, even though we are guilty of many sins. Wow. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness for all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and new life for everyone. Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because one other person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. But as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. And lastly, so just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful grace rules instead, giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the reason I highlighted certain words in that passage was to highlight a contrast that Paul is making between Adam's life and Jesus' life. And what I've done is I've taken all of those and kind of consolidated them on one page so that we could see the, the contrast that are listed here in verses 15 to 21. So let's go ahead and put that up on the screen. On the left, you have Adam's life. On the right, you have Jesus' life. Sin contrast with God's gracious gift of righteousness. Adam's life resulted in death. Jesus resulted in eternal life. Adam's in condemnation. Jesus in forgiveness. Adam's in disobedience. Jesus' obedience. Adam resulted in sinful children. Jesus' life resulted in righteous children or children who have a right standing with God. And then Adam's life resulted in people sinning more, but because of Jesus' life, God's grace grows greater. Because of Adam's sin ruled, but because of Jesus, God's grace rules instead. And that's an amazing list contrasted in short, six short verses. So how does this relate to us? That list on the left, Adam's life, actually describes our life before Christ. The description of Adam's life is also a description of every person who doesn't have a relationship with God. To appreciate God's amazing grace even more, 
it helps to understand the difference between two words. They are the words sin and transgression. Let's read verse 15 again. But there is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. In the original Greek, um, the word for Adam's sin is paraptoma. And this word carries the idea of personal offense. In some translation, they use the word transgression. By the way, which is different from the word sin. The word for sin means to fall short or to miss the mark. For example, if you were, say, an archer and you were having target practice, uh, long ago, when they would have long-distance targets and it was difficult to see whether or not they hit the bullseye, they would take a shot, and there would be another marksman way downfield, and he would look at the target to see how close it was, and if they missed the bullseye, he would yell out the word sin, which simply meant to miss the perfect mark. That's different from the word transgression. You see, missing the bullseye is not personal. No one is personally offended if you don't have the perfect shot. But the word paraptoma carries the connotation of a personal offense. Let me illustrate it this way. Imagine two best friends, they're running buddies, and they're preparing, they're training for a marathon. And let's just pick two names, Steve and John. And they both know Steve is the better runner. In fact, Steve has been coaching John for the last five years. Now they've entered into, let's say, the Honolulu Marathon, and the goal in this race is for, for them to finish together. <clears throat> Unfortunately, John wasn't able to keep up, and Steve finished first. Now, do you think Steve is personally offended that John wasn't able to keep up? No. I mean, all along they knew that Steve was the better runner. Um, it's just a race. It's nothing personal. But two years later, Steve finds out that the reason John finished late, in fact, he was two hours later, is because along the route, he took a detour to a hotel room where he had a rendezvous with Steve's wife. Now, do you think Steve is offended that John finished late? In our sinful choices, we don't just fall behind in the marathon of life. We just don't miss the mark of God's perfection, of his holiness. When we purposely choose to sin, we actually betray God. And I know that sounds strong. But I invite you to read the book of Hosea. Not a very well-known book in the Old Testament. How many have, how many have read Hosea? <clears throat> okay, almost half. If you've read Hosea, you know Hosea was a prophet in Old Testament times. He was actually instructed by God to marry a prostitute, which just sounds crazy. <laughs> Why would anybody be led to do that? 
And as you read the story of Hosea, his wife continued to go out on him many times. She would fool around. She would be unfaithful. He would go and get her and bring her back home over and over again. And in the end, the purpose of that whole drama was to create a word picture between God and his people. And that's, that's a dramatic and pointed word picture. I mean, that's strong. Sometimes prophets in the Old Testament were instructed to create radical and dramatic word pictures to get our attention and to make a point. Turn to your neighbor and say, God knows how. <laughs> Paraptoma is the idea that we betray God when we purposely choose to sin. This, I know this is hard, but this is why amazing grace is so amazing. <laughs> it's crazy amazing. Not only does he forgive, he also gives us right standing with God. Wow. And then on top of that, he gives us eternal life. It's crazy love. If I could crystallize the main idea of Romans chapter 5 in these six verses, Paul is saying this, amazing grace transforms our relationship with God. Transforms. Let's come back to the graduation at Morehouse College. The good news is even better than what Robert Smith did in May of 2019. Because at Morehouse College, they did not have the same guest speaker the following year. <laughs> but the one who pays your debt is the same guest speaker every time somebody graduates into the kingdom of God. And each time, he makes the same offer to pay the debt for everyone who is present at the graduation. I've purposely made this message short because I have a long application that I want to get to in a minute. Uh, so it's not over. But if you would, I want to invite you to pray with me for a moment. Father, we are standing here try to, trying to fathom your love. We, we just, it, it stretches our limits of understanding, even experience, especially our experience. And so, God, help us to respond by faith, to be able to really hear and to accept, to receive what your word says, what Jesus said, what Jesus did, what Jesus does. And if you would keep your eyes closed and your heads bowed,
I mean, Van hit the nail on the head when he talked about nothing can separate you from the love of God. And if you're like most people, to be honest, we struggle with that. We doubt that. Now I want to encourage you with all the faith that you have in your spirit to put your trust in God's infinite love and allow yourself to be fully accepted because he has paid the price, he has paid the debt, he is willing and he is able. And even if you've already prayed to receive Christ, we need the assurance of forgiveness every day. And I want to encourage you once again to receive his forgiveness by the blood of Jesus. And if you would simply come before him enter into his presence by faith, enter into the light. Do not be afraid. Perfect love casts out fear. And Father, if there is any reservation, any hindrance, any reluctance because of the lies of the enemy, we come against them now in Jesus' name and just ask that your spirit of holiness and revelation would allow us to be able to enter into this amazing relationship, this amazing grace and receive you and your love. And so whatever it is that you might be struggling with about your identity, about what you've done, what you've said. Would you simply allow Jesus to come and wash away all guilt, all condemnation, any accusation from the enemy, and to cleanse you, to remove all darkness and the ugliness, and allow his spirit of love and light and peace and rest to replace the anxiety and the worry and the doubt and the tension and the unrest. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would just descend upon us now and reveal your love and heal and restore. And just take a moment to receive to receive his goodness and his kindness. There may be some here today, if you would keep your eyes closed and your heads bowed, you're hearing me talk about receiving his spirit of love. But you know that you've never actually made a decision to let him be in your life. But this whole idea of experiencing God is something you've been thinking about lately. And if that describes you, <clears throat> I want to give you an opportunity to experience him. 
And the most important thing is the desire of your heart and a decision that you make to invite him into your life. And if that's something that you would like to do, I want to give you an opportunity to do that. It's real simple. Uh, The fact that you made the decision is the biggest part. But then simply expressing that to God is what we call prayer. And what I'll do is I'll pray out loud. And you can just follow along in your heart. God will hear you. And so we'll pray in a moment. But before I do, I'd like to know who I'm praying with. And if that describes you, I want to invite you to go ahead and look up. And then we'll pray together in a moment. And so if you'd like to pray, go ahead and look up now. I see the two of you, three of you there. Okay. And the back. And here. Okay. Anybody else? Here? Okay. And here. I see you. Don't want to miss anybody. Yes. Okay. And... Okay, they're in the back. And the little one, yes. Okay, let's, let's pray. God, I'm here today, and I've been sensing you getting my attention. And so, I'm here now. I'm saying yes. I'm opening up to you. And I'm asking you to be in my life. I want to experience you. And Lord, I ask you to forgive me for the things I've done. You know, you know it all. You know me. And I'm I'm turning away from trusting in my own effort and the way I was living life. It wasn't working well. And I'm asking you to show me a new way. Give me a new start. Show me your way. And I'd like to begin by inviting you in And I want to know you and be with you. And if you're praying this prayer right now, I want you to take a moment, just by faith, let his spirit of love and forgiveness come into your heart. And this is the moment that he's been waiting for. And allow his forgiveness to come and remove... the old life, remove the guilt and to bring freedom and restoration and give you a new life by the power of his Holy Spirit. God, I thank you for coming into my life. I receive you. I receive Jesus. I receive your forgiveness. And I ask you to give me a new start I ask that you would make me the kind of person you want me to be. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I said I ended early because I had a big application. So here it comes. All of this is amazing. But I tell you, it's even more amazing when we begin to act on it. There is a huge graduation coming up on February 23rd at the Dededo Sports Complex. We will have music artists performing at the, Graham, at the Guahan Festival of Hope with Franklin Graham, international artist Michael W. Smith, who is a multiple Dove Award winner and three-time Grammy Award winner, will be there. 
There are also other artists coming from the United States and from our Every Nation family in the Philippines. Thousands will gather at the Dededo Sports Complex. Franklin Graham will talk about the good news of God's amazing grace. But even more importantly, there is a spiritual billionaire who will be present at the Guahan Festival of Hope. And this spiritual billionaire is willing and able to distribute his wealth of forgiveness and so much more. If you know someone who needs to graduate into the kingdom, I want you to invite them to the Festival of Hope on February 23rd. Gates open at 3.30. It starts at 4.30. We are printing 50,000 bookmark invitations for all the churches to invite family and friends to this graduation, so to speak. If just one in 10 of the people you give it to, that means there's gonna be at least 5,000 people at the Dededo Sports Complex. Of course, none of this matters unless God is in it. And this is why prayer is the first priority. We've been having prayer rallies for months. Never before has the church on Guam rallied as it is doing now. There are currently 41 churches participating in the Festival of Hope. I've been a part of the Christian community for over 30 years. I've never seen anything like this. The next prayer rally is Tuesday, January 21st. I am personally inviting all of you to come. The place is big enough. It's at Abundant Life Church in Jigo, Pastor Albert Del Cuero, and Judy, good friends of Terry and I for many years. Our kids went to school together. Great ministry. Uh, please come and join the entire church on Guam to pray for a harvest like Guam has never seen. Also, you heard months ago that there was a course to help train us in being able to witness and to disciple uh, people who are new in the kingdom of God. Uh, many of you took that course. It's called the Christian Life and Witness course. Hundreds of people on the island took that course. But when they said, do you want to be a counselor at the altar call for the festival, maybe only 10% of the people said yes. And I think that word counselor has such a... <laughs> ominous connotation to it. It's like, who, me? <laughs> Don't you have to have a master's degree for that? I, I, that word doesn't really do justice to what God wants to do. It's really more being an encourager. And, and there is very much a heart thing about that and a a spiritual thing about that. But just on the administrative side, if I could just kind of boil it down in simplest terms, what a counselor, so-called counselor would be doing, they're kind of um, filling out a registration card for those people who come up so that they can be followed up by the churches later. 
I want to explain that so that those of you who took the course and maybe didn't turn in your application would realize uh, you don't have to have a master's degree. You just have to want to serve God and care about people and make sure that they're taken care of. Um, I'm feeling emotional because it's just my pastor's heart coming out. But the number one reason people enter into a group and then they go away is because they didn't feel welcomed. They didn't find a friend. And I'm asking all of us, would you be there for somebody like that? I know it feels challenging. Counselor. But imagine the new person who's going up, how they feel. We definitely don't want to leave them standing there by themselves. Only to turn around and go, oh well, okay, I guess I'm going to go back to my seat. But if we could be there for them, we could enable them, we could create an environment, a circumstance for them to be able to experience God in a greater way that otherwise would not happen. And I, I want to tell you, I'm speaking from experience. There was a revival that happened in the Pacific in the 80s. So many people came to know the Lord. My wife was a part of that. We both came out of that movement of God. And Terry can tell you, she knows so many people who came to know the Lord during that time, but the church wasn't ready. There wasn't a place for them. There wasn't the preparation and, and the heart. And my prayer for ever since then has been, God, I pray that you would do it again. And this time, God, I pray that I can be a part of it. And I'm so thankful for the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association because they're all about preparing the church. It's not about them. It's not about Franklin Graham. They're going to come and go. But 41 churches joining hands for the purpose of God, this is a new era for the kingdom of God on Guam because that relationship and that kind of working together and unity, I pray, will continue. And I want to encourage all of us to be a part of what God is doing. The very first campus meeting I ever went to as a young Christian, <clears throat> don't know why I'm feeling emotional today, but uh, I was brand new, didn't know anybody. I walk in the door, and one of the leaders says to me, Welcome to the real world. And I've been here ever since. And I pray that we could do that for somebody. That 30 years later, they can look back and say, you know what? I met Juan Castro at the biggest graduation ceremony I've ever been to. And I've been here ever since. We have this course to help prepare you to be a part of what God is doing if you already took it, the Christian Life and Witness course, please, I want to highly encourage you turning your application.
so that you can be a part of what God is going to do in the life of somebody new. But if you haven't taken the course, uh, there's another one. It's going to be here. And it's going to be taught by a man who's got over 60 years worth of ministry, Dr. Bob Kendig. It's going to be on Saturday, January 25th, in this room, starting at 9 a.m. And if you haven't already taken the course, I, I'm inviting you personally to come and be a part of that. It's going to be four hours long. It's a condensed course. You take the course. You can be one of the people to welcome somebody new who comes up at the Guahan Festival of Hope. I hope you'll be there. One last thing. And uh, this is interesting because you'll never, I don't think you'll ever hear me say this again. <laughs> While I'm talking, that is right now, I'd like you to pick up your smartphone. <laughs> Go ahead, pick it up. Pick up your smartphone. And I'd like you to go to Facebook. <laughs> While the preacher's talking, you are given permission to browse on Facebook. <laughs> yes, you heard me right. As I'm speaking, go ahead, go there to Facebook. Uh, if you're a leader, you received a link already. If you haven't done it yet, go ahead, go ahead and forward it to your groups. Get them that link even right now. And uh, we'll put it up on the screen for you. Go ahead. Guahan Festival of Hope. If you don't have the link, I want you to go ahead to your Facebook app and in the search, go ahead and type in Guahan Festival of Hope. Go ahead and do that now. Guahan Festival of Hope. Are you there? You guys are fast. Experienced. <laughs> when you get there, there is a place, uh, if you don't see this page, maybe you might want to go to events uh, when you get there. But there's a place where you can click interested. You just click on that little tab that says interested. A couple other options will show up. Going, not interested, interested. I want to encourage you to click I'm going. <laughs> and then after you do that, I also want you to click share so that it's on your homepage. And we are going to boost this event next week uh, in so many social media platforms. But before we do that, I'd like to see the organic response of all the churches on Guam. And if you share this with all of your friends and invite as many as possible, uh, we want to go big for God. Sound good? In closing, um, I'd like to invite the worship team to come on up, and we're going to pray for family and friends on that wall over there. And, um, and so, if you would, let's pray. Father, thank you for your amazing grace. Lord, may we be faithful to your love. God, I pray that we will not only know about it, but we will act on it and live it and breathe it for your glory, to honor you. Father, we lift up everybody on that wall, all the names. Each name, each line is a person that you love. And Lord, we lift up each one. 
And we ask that you would be at work in their lives, that there would be a stirring, that there would be a desire to seek you. Lord, maybe just an unrest that life as is, the status quo is not good enough and to begin searching for something more. I pray, God, that you would open the door, first of all, in their circumstances, to be there at the graduation ceremony, but more importantly, that you would open the doors of their heart to invite you to come in and experience your love and your forgiveness. Father, we pray for everybody that's in our circle of influence. And we ask that by your sovereignty, you would draw them to yourself. Your word says, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And so, Lord, we just admit that by ourselves, um, this can be a flop. But by your power, this can be one of the great moments in your kingdom on Guam. And so, God, be lifted up and bring glory to your son, Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. Amen.